Hi again, everyone. This is Tim along with Anthony as we bring you Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 43. Uh, as we get started, the big news today is not big news as we all expected it to happen, but LeBron James has opted out of his contract, become a free agent. And uh, I got a lot to say about that. I'm not really. It's more about perception is what I want to talk about than versus what may happen. I just wanted to get that going, and we'll get that going here in a second. But first, let me bring in Anthony and say hello. And what's going on, my friend? Not too much. Busy with work and uh, busy with keeping up with the Indians. Uh, kind of a disappointing three-game set against the Cardinals. But, boy, St. Louis is really good. I mean, yeah, it, they don't look great record-wise. But, man, they're fundamentally sound, aren't they? They're just fundamentally sound ball team. And, you know, it's yeah, you know, what some... you get after seven games in a row. But, uh, you know, you get a... Basically, a trade coming in for nothing and a, whatever you want with Andrew Miller. So that would, you know, I like what I see out of the bullpen. I tell you what, these young kids we got, Plutko and Bieber, they just continue to impress. I mean, Shane Bieber just, you know, he's really impressed me with the mental toughness that he has. When he walks a guy, you know, in years past, we... When you walk on any level, it seems to come around and hurt you. I think he is as advertised. Oh, yeah. He is as advertised can, on this I level. I think the highest praise that I can give the kid, and it seems kind of funny to say this, but you can see why Antonetti and Chernoff held him away from Tito in spring training. Because Tito loves pitchers, and he wants them right now. And, you, and you're starting to see why they held him back, because this kid's good. And he is really good, and I tell you what, he's getting to the— and I don't want to— you know, five starts and how many starts a kid has. Um, I don't want to say this kid's untouchable for a trade, but you also got to think about the future and the window closing slowly. This kid could be a stalwart for you guys in rotation a couple years down the road, but he's a nice villain right now. Um, it's a good option to have. And, you know, also you want Carrasco back. He seems to be pitching better of late. Um, but at least you got guys that you know you can fill in and, Need a spot start here or there. Well, I like this is what Beaver is to me is he does he throws strikes and you look at the Cleveland Indians and under Terry Francona that is the one thing he loves in his pitchers is the ones who throw strikes consistently and doesn't walk many. Obviously, you know Kluber leads the the team in that at category, but you look how how much improvement you've gotten from Bauer. And you look at Carrasco, for the most part, the improvement over him in the last few years. And then you take it to the next level. The guy who really has really the reason he always had a spot on this team was, you know, Josh Tomlin, because he threw strikes. Mm -hmm. He didn't walk anyone. And that is seems to be a trait. The Indians uh, have been looking at and pitchers in, in the last few years. And Bieber has hit all those those strides. And I think that's exactly what they're looking for. You can see why, you know, the Indians uh, really love his talent and what's going forward. Plutko is a lot to me like Josh Tomlin mm-hmm. in a sense on this level. He's very accessible to the home run. Yep. And not saying he won't be successful, and he can't, obviously only has had a handful of starts. So I expect to see him to continue to improve, and maybe that will be something that will happen over time. Uh, just like Bauer. Bauer mm-hmm. was accessible to the home run for a while, but this year, you know, he's pitching like an all-star. So anything's possible. And, of course, Carrasco coming back from the injury here shortly. 
There are going to be some decisions made. And, you know, I could see Pleco going to the bullpen and helping us out. Uh, Bieber may stay in the rotation. I don't know what their overall thought process will be. That's just my gut feeling. And that, it doesn't mean anything. And we'll just have to wait and see what Terry Francona and the pitching staff you know, chooses to do. And uh, we'll go from there. You know, I'm just going to take it over. But, yeah, going back to the St. Louis series, it was kind of a weird series with the two rain delays over an hour and a half each. And then you had, you know, Kluber not have his best stuff. And they got him out early. And he gave up five runs quickly. And it's a, you know, preservation type scenario there. And I totally get it. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Uh, in the second game, it was kind of the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. You just got behind early. Actually, you had the lead, and then you, you couldn't hold quickly, it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of those things. In the second game, you've seen the pitching. I mean, in the third game, you've seen Bauer just dominate. Mm-hmm. Or Bieber, excuse Bieber, me, yep. dominate. And that was the difference. And, you know, tonight we got Bauer over against the A's. We'll see what happens. Look, the Indians are going to have some interesting moves to make in the next mm-hmm. month. Obviously, back-end bullpen help is probably on the way through a trade. Exactly who that is and when that trade will happen, I do not know. Obviously, you know, Zach Britton from uh, Baltimore has been talked about. Another pitcher from Baltimore has been talked about. Uh, there's a few there. Obviously, we talked about Trinan, you know, with mm-hmm. the A's last week, who I think would be a great fit. I think uh, Zach Britton would be a great fit. I mean, you put Britton along with a healthy Miller and now with Perez in your bullpen. That's three lefties that could shut down both lefties and righties. You know, if you use them properly, and that would be very intriguing going into the playoffs if, you know, that would happen. So who knows? The only concern I have about Britain is he's looked shaky of late, and I don't know if that's them rushing him back off the DL or if it's just being rushed. But I know we were interested in him. I know we've been. He's just he has there. too much of a track record not to be interested um, in. in. I tell you opinion. what, I'm starting to become of the belief. I'm going to take a different approach to this. And I'm going to throw out something that Mark DeRosa threw out a couple of days ago on MLB Central um, that most people haven't really gave serious consideration to. But I think when it's more become the matter of when you want Andrew Miller to come back. We don't need him right now. And that's a good thing. We're in a good spot. Uh, you can see the guys are getting into a rhythm. I said, Groove, you always talked about um, and finding your identity. I think we're in a good spot now where you bring Miller back in July or August. And I, you got to know he's going to be rusty. But it's not like these games are going to be, oh, my God, you lose this game and you're in a tight division race. So I think you have a trade essential when he comes back for nothing. I would go out right now and I would call our friend in New York, Mickey Calloway, and... Who's that? Sandy Alderson, and I would see what they want for Jacob Degrom, and I would put him in the rotation with Kluber. I would not even. I be would interested. do it in a heartbeat. Not I even would interested. Do it in a heartbeat. First of all, it probably cost you everything you don't want to give up, and I'm talking. You're going to have to give up Bieber, Pleco. I would give up Mejia. Mejia. I'm all these in the in the deal. I wouldn't touch Bieber. Well, there's no deal. I would give him. There's no deal. I want if you're if you're the Mets, uh, you want. Now four, yeah. four blue chip players. Anything less than four, you don't want to make the deal. And you know, and that's what you're that's what they're at. Look, 
the chances are if he's going to be dealt, he's going to be dealt across town to the oh, Yankees because the Yankees mm-hmm. have all the prospects in the world to do it. The Indians have some great blue chip prospects to work with and some that they want to keep long term because it fits their financial mm-hmm. needs. And that's what, you know, that's what goes in. This is not just about player versus player. Jacob DeGrom, don't get me wrong, is a fantastic starter and someone who can help you. But we don't need him. We truly do not need Jake. We need a back-end reliever. Now, if you could pull off a trade, uh, in a sense, for Familia, I'm somewhat interested. I would do that. Yeah, I'm I not saying I'm not going to give up a lot. When he but gets I, back healthy. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Put it that way. He's, he's someone I would be interested in if I was the Indians. I'm looking more bullpen. I have enough starters. I, I, I'll throw another name at you, too, that nobody's really thought about. I heard that we're looking at LeMahieu from Colorado, the second baseman. He's hitting 282 this year. That's nice. Um, Kittness is starting to hit the ball lately. His LeMahieu's gone after this year. He's a free agent. I would see what Texas wants for Adrian Beltre, and I would move Ramirez a second. I'm not too concerned about the infield or the I would outfield. just try to strengthen the... Yeah, if I'm strengthening anything, it's it's pitching and it's going to... The bullpen and what do you think the Mets would want for Familia and Lugo back end? Oh, they want the world. They want the world. You so you got empty, empty your your triple A, empty your triple A and major league rosters from twenty five to twenty nine. Do you think it's possible to do a Lugo or Familia and training trade to get both of those guys? Or you think you're only going to get one? I don't think you have to get both. I don't think you have to get both. Honestly, I you just it doesn't even matter lefty or righty depending on the pitcher that you're looking mm-hmm. at. Uh, you want someone who throws strikes and someone who gets outs. And depending on the the value of the player, look, I think you can get Britain for a quality price, a fair price. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you're gonna get from. I don't think you're gonna get those others without giving up a lot. It kind of stinks that Salazar's injured right now because he'd be an intriguing trade prospect well, for and he for still teams. could be someone still may um, you know take that risk i don't i don't think that would be a high I risk hope, it'd be a throw in i thing. hope we do get to see Trinan once or twice this series now that probably mean we're down in the game but i i wouldn't mind seeing what this kid's about i haven't seen him pitch yet well you know, there's I that opportunity the this and, weekend and in the future weeks when they next come weekend, here yeah yeah i haven't so. seen him live. I only read the box score and heard what you said about him. Um, but I, I mean, it's all speculation right now. I, I mean, it two is. years ago at this time on June 29th, 2016, we had no clue who we were going to target. And we had no idea that Andrew Miller was going to become a possibility to her. I did until <laughs> I don't know about you, but I expected it. I didn't. I expected. I it. didn't. I, you know, I didn't realize. So I left the ballpark that night that Andrew Miller. Was I knew. We'll put it this way. I knew the Indians would be interested, and the Indians needed to make the move, and they did. They had the players to make the move, and they, and that's exactly the same scenario they're in right now. Now, uh, there's nothing wrong with a starting pitcher. If you can grab a great starting pitcher, fantastic. But the truth of the matter is, where you need the help is the bullpen. And if you strengthen the back of your bullpen, you're strengthening your starters. Mm-hmm. And, and you're shortening the game for them the rest of the year and making them strong for the postseason. You know, obviously, you know, you have Kluber, you got Bauer, you know, you have Clevenger as your top three right now. And you only need four starters and you in the got, playoffs, And you too. have 
you have Carrasco, who's coming off an injury, who's really a number two and an all-star type pitcher when he's on. So I'm not concerned about the starters at all. And then you have a combination of, you know, a Pleco and Bieber at number five. You know, take your pick. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're really doing yourself a disfavor, you know, the rest of the season. So yeah, I'm not too biggest. concerned. I'm not too concerned. You know, you got six pitchers for five spots. Mm-hmm. And really, if you ever got in a pinch where you needed someone to pitch, you have Mike, yep. you have Josh Tomlin. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, oh, you're going to, you know, you it, it is, but it, it, you do have him. You know, he's an option. So there's, I'm not concerned about the starters whatsoever. You know, I mean, grant you, injuries changes everything after every game. You never know what's mm-hmm. going to happen in the future. I, I just, right now, I feel confident where the Indians are at with the starting pitching. Where they're weak, and they knew where they're going to be weak this year, is in the bullpen. They, and, you know, I think here is the player we really just don't know his health and where he's headed. And I haven't heard much about it, but it's Nick Goody. Nick Goody is an important he part. He was just put on a 60 to 80 L a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so he's so probably, probably done for the year then. He's probably done for the year. I know his elbows. Um, I wouldn't expect him back. I think Merritt's thrown again, but that's... Yeah, it's again. not like an impact arm. He can help you out. Well, they just put Olsen on the uh, on the DL today. Yeah, Olsen. So. I tell you what, though, the way there are two guys that. Well, right now, here's what I I think is going to happen with the Indians right now, is Bieber will probably stay in the rotation. That's what Blacko will go mm-hmm. to the bullpen, and possibly somebody else will be called up. Who knows? But I believe that's the case where the Indians are headed. Look. I still say bullpen 100% of the time. That's where you're going to make your move. If you can get two pitchers, fantastic. You only need is really one mm-hmm. quality back-end type guy who can't, you can count on to, make, to help get you outs and to shorten the ball game. And I think that's where the Indians will be in the future. And, and I honestly do believe that's where the front office will go. I mean, second base is not a concern. It's no. not a concern. No. Yes, it's disappointing to have a guy have a bad But is there year. anybody out there that makes you go, yes, I no. need this guy right no. now in my lineup? No, and there's it, not one of them. There's not. I mean, you have that guy in a sense. It's, it's Ramirez. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no, you know, there's a lot of things the Indians could do in the long term, but I'm not concerned. I mean, you know, Kipnis is your second baseman this year. He's going to be you your second baseman him. next year, most likely, because of the contract. He is who he is. Yeah, and you got to ride with him. Get, exactly. You know, but if he can get you 250 this year, that's all you really want. You don't need him to hit 275, 300 anymore. Well, and you just want him to play good baseball. And, you know, we I'll see some it. of that in St. Louis. So, it's possible. He's hitting the ball better of late. And it takes a lot for me to say that about my favorite player. But you can see signs lately that he's starting to swing the bat a little better. He's gaining some confidence. Um, you know, you're going to ride with him. That's that's the guy you got at second base. I don't think Gonzalez is ready to take over as an everyday second baseman, and nor do you need him to because that would require another move to get a utility guy. And, you know, Gonzalez is good in that spot. Um, I, I like our top five in the order. If you keep it Lindor, Brantley, Ramirez, Encarnacion, and Alonzo, and... You know, and Chesenhall and Nakon are swinging good bats right now. You know, they're both swinging the bat well of late. Um, if you were going to make a move for offense, probably not. Sure, but there's nobody out there that jumps out and goes, yeah, we need this guy in our lineup. 
Well, you don't have an injury in your outfield like you had late last year with mm-hmm. Brantley. Uh, you don't have – you have your outfield set. You're going – you know, will Zimmer be back? Eh, probably not. If he does, it'll be late. Yeah, you know, late after September, the All-Star yeah. break yeah. and everything else, after he's rehabbed and everything else from his injury. So, you know, center field is the only place you really have a weakness right now, and that may be where they target somebody uh, in the future. And that's just because of the scenario mm-hmm. they're in. I mean, that's the one position that they have you know, but an opening been... for. It's not necessarily something they have to get tomorrow. No, it's, it's not something a that pressing can, need. If the right player becomes available at the right time for oh, the right yeah. price, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the Indians would make the move. But I don't think it's a a must move. It's a if the right player, the right time, the right availability comes away for the right trade, they'll do it. You know, it's and like... that's just the way I see it. I again, I go right back to what I said before. It's bullpen, yep, bullpen, bullpen, and possibly a center fielder. And I'm not worried about second base. We he is our second baseman, and you have to live with it. Well, it, and the Indians will make a move. If anything, they'll bring up a third baseman. Move Ramirez over. You know, and you know, you I'm got not saying Diaz that. down in the minors. I, you know, I I know he's working a lot in the outfield, but it, it's like Tito said. It's June 29th, um, and the good thing about our powers that be that make the decisions, it all plays out. It it'll play itself out. It, the move we may need right now could. You know, we may not say, you know, in a couple weeks we may not say, well, we need a center fielder because we might, you know, you never know. And I think when September comes, it'll be nice again to get Allen up here. Hopefully we don't need him until then. I know when you love the expanded rosters, um, you know, but I just think it's a matter of it's going to play itself out, get Miller back and, you know the key to the Indians is get Miller back and get another arm in the bullpen. But let's uh, let's get into the elephant in the room. Yeah, there's another is, team in Cleveland right now that actually who isn't playing that has has all the attention. Bigger storylines, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, look. Let me first get this off, and and this is not a big surprise. I'm going to say something that's very obvious to everyone. I don't know what's going to happen. Now, after I said One that, person in the, now in America, let, let me. Go one more step and and explain everything that I know the way I see it and then from my vantage point. The NBA has been and will always be a player's league. And being a player's league, the players make the choices in life. We have seen this throughout basketball, especially in the last 20 years, especially in the last 15 years in the LeBron James era of the NBA. And we've seen it from players across basketball over the years uh Shaquille O'Neal when he wanted out of Orlando as a free agent went to LA when he wanted out of LA he went landed in Miami and you know he determined what was going to happen to him and there's the perfect example where LeBron James made his choices he determined that he was going to leave Cleveland you know eight years ago and he teamed up with you know Wade and Bosch to make the move to Miami and was very successful they went to four straight championship series it's a player's league players make decision of where they're going to play and how they're going to play they earn that right within the bargaining agreement they have with the owners and this league here now meaning it's a player's league players make decisions where they want to play and how they want to play I mentioned Shaquille O'Neal and how, what happened with his career, how he kind of determined what would happen to him. Kevin Love made that same determination four years ago when he let it known to Minnesota that he wanted out. 
And, you know, the landing spot ended up being Cleveland. Originally, he didn't want that. And then, obviously, when LeBron James came along, it changed and he got it done. He got his millions of dollar multi-year contract. And everything, you know, has been the, the way it goes. Kyrie Irving last year forced his way out of Cleveland and really was the turning point to where we're at right now with the Cavaliers. His leaving the Cavaliers really, I think, dictated LeBron James's next move. Because uh, he looked at the talent level of the Cavaliers and say, is this still a championship caliber team with players that can do certain things? And he probably answered throughout the season no. And that's why right now he's looking at the Lakers. And it looks like very much the Lakers. And I expect it to be the Lakers. But, you know, he earned that right. That's the way it works. But it is a player's league. Players make the decision where they're playing. They talk to each other throughout the season. They know what's going on. They knew ahead of time LeBron James was going to opt out. The question is, that's why Leonard in San Antonio is trying to get out and telling everybody he only wants to play for the Lakers. That's just the way it works in the NBA. You don't necessarily build champions like years in other sports where a GM and a front office gets together and evaluates talent, grooms talent, and makes a run at a championship. It has to happen, mm-hmm. and it will happen. Uh, Dallas was able to do that for their one championship years ago. Uh, Boston, Golden State did it once. No, well, no, they did originally, yes. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. They did. were able to build OKC their own team. could have done it if they all would have stayed together. Well, but... it doesn't matter because it didn't happen. You know, that's, that's not important. What I'm trying to say is you very few t- teams are able to do that. Nowadays is you find a superstar and you build a team around him as soon as you can. Bron James has known that he's after championships. That's why he came back to Cleveland because he was after championships. He's seen Kyrie Irving. He's seen, you know, Tristan Thompson. He's mm-hmm. seen that, that young with a lot of cap speak space at the time and knew that he could leverage his ability against the team. And that's what he did the entire four years with the one-year contracts every time and just like the two-year contract with the opt-in, mm-hmm. opt-out now. That gave him all the leverage in the world. He was able to dictate how the team was going to be built to make championship runs. Look, the Cavaliers did everything they could during his four years here. They went to four championship mm-hmm. series. In the first one, they had an opportunity to win it, but injuries absolutely mm-hmm. devastated them in the championship series. You know, when they lost Kyrie, that basically was the th- thorn in that series, mm-hmm. and they ended up losing it yep. in six to, to the Warriors. The following year, you were able to come back and get come back of a lifetime to 3-1 mm-hmm. win and to win the championship. The last two years, you've seen Durant added to a extremely mm-hmm. talented team, and it was just too much for the Cavaliers. And then this past year, you didn't even have Kyrie Irving. You still yep. went to the mm-hmm. championship series because you had the best player and the plan on your team. However, you've seen the best team end up winning the championship. And now that's where we're at. And LeBron James will make his decision and whatever it mm-hmm. is, it is. However, the ability to build teams in the NBA is very difficult. Danny Ainge has proven that he has been able to do mm-hmm. that in his two st- – and his two different opportunities with with Boston, you know, the one with KD where he was able to make the trades and get players to come, and they were very successful, and they won the ch- one championship. Mm-hmm. They didn't 
quite get over the top more than once. They had great opportunities, they but they one, couldn't. They could. They, they only. Yeah. They only reached the summit once. once. Yep. And now he has that same time of opportunity now with Kyrie, but Kyrie's now threatening to leave next but, year. Yep. So, I mean, it's very difficult to build teams in the NBA, and that's just the way it works, and it's unfortunate, but that's how the NBA is run today. And it's not like baseball where the front office really does determine in drafting and trading and free agency, making a Mm -hmm. roster and giving a manager an opportunity to deal with it and to win. That's what the Indians have done. And that's what the Yankees have Mm -hmm. done. And that's what Houston has done. It was through the front office and the moves and, and, and acquiring talent and giving their manager on the field an opportunity to mold a team to the best of his Mm -hmm. ability to win. And we've seen that throughout the through we've seen Kansas city had that rise where they went to back to back world series winning one. And now on that rebound Mm -hmm. where they have to rebuild again. And this is, this is how baseball is. It works in cycles, but you're built through the organization In NBA. You're built through the player slash organization. You need the organization to put players around him and make moves and have salary cap and be able to do what you have to do. And the Cavaliers, in my opinion, did everything they could in the last four years to try to win championships with LeBron James. And that's what you have to do. If LeBron James goes to Los Angeles, which all indications it looks that way, Mike, Magic Johnson's going to have his hands full because mm-hmm. he now knows he has to land players mm-hmm. and make trades and do whatever is necessary, including pay a huge tax fee mm-hmm. yeah, like like Dan Gilbert has to try to win championships because that's the way it's done in the NBA. You have to, I mean, I'll give Dan Gilbert that much credit is as much as he's his own worst enemy in the decisions that he makes for his organization, his team, he can do what he wants. Mm-hmm. However, that's part of the problem with LeBron James. I mean, yes, he's been quiet to the side and let LeBron James kind of be the forefront of of the organization. Two things happened last year that made put the Cavaliers fans in this situation with LeBron James is the inability of Dan Gilbert to accept and want to pay a a David Griffin who did a terrific job Mm -hmm. and had the respect of the players to uh, keep molding a championship and making plays. And and I don't want to take anything from Cody. He did a great job. You know, also he's done a great job filling in this past year, but he's unproven. And, you know, Griff did a great job. And I think when Griff left, that was the, that was the dagger number one for LeBron James. And then right after that happened is when Kyrie made the announcement he wants out and LeBron did not want the Cavaliers to trade him. They did. Problems is that I don't think the Cavaliers had much choice in the mm-hmm. matter in the end, and that was dagger number two. And then this past season was kind of dagger number three. They were able to make the moves. They got them in the championship series. You know they got swept. Uh, does he really think he can get back with this organization again? Who knows? I mean, if they land a player of, of a caliber even for one year, they could get LeBron James back for one more season. Uh, We'll see. I'm not optimistic. I really do expect him to move on. And it's his choice. You know, that's the difference in today's basketball versus years ago where a player would want to play for a team and and earn a championship and and work within an organization. Today, players chase championships. You don't build championships. You chase Mm -hmm. them. 
And, you know, LeBron James believes his legacy is tied to championships, mm-hmm. and he's going to chase them. That's his choice. I don't have his ability. I don't have his thought process. I never met the man. Mm-hmm. I respect whatever decision he makes. I'm going to take out it is, as a Cavaliers fan, the last four years you went to championship series. You mm-hmm. won your first world championship ever. You know, you'll always have that memory. And and uh, we'll go from there. And if he comes back, great. We'll we have an excellent shot next year to get back to the uh, to the NBA championship series. Yes, it's going to be a tougher road. Yes, you're going to have to make changes. But if you give me LeBron James, I know I have yep. an opportunity. Without LeBron James, you know, 20, 25 wins next year is probably, you know, what you're looking at. You're looking at, you know, that's just the way it is. We've been through this. Yep. Before LeBron James came to Cleveland as a rookie, and when he came back, we've been through this, and I I don't expect this organization to be able to rebound, you know, that fast. And it's going to take time. And I don't have any problem with what happened the last four years. If someone said you have LeBron James for four years and you have a chance to win four championships, would you would you want it? Yes, yep. I wanted it. It happened. We won one. Okay. Yeah. Not the end of the world. I think LeBron James is a phenomenal player. I've said it; he's the best player on the planet, best player in the universe. That's been proven year and year. How he didn't win the MVP is beyond my it's comprehension. Fixed. It's just it's, it's just the haters in this yep. world. And I mean, I hate using terminology that you know in the millions. Well, yeah. But the bottom line is, it's just what it was. Uh, I don't want to take James Harden is a great player and on his own right. However, when you look at the numbers and what he means to a team. There's absolutely no question who was the MVP in the NBA, and the players know that. Yeah, it's unfortunate that the players don't. Yeah, it just wasn't voted that way. I don't understand how, you know, someone could do that other than out of pure spiteness. But then you get that in sports, and you get that everywhere. However, like I said, it's a players' league. LeBron James has every right to make every decision he's made. If he goes to LA, every indication that's where he's headed. Um, We'll have to wait and see, and. You know, who joins him with the Lakers? We'll have to wait and see. It's very possible. It could be just about anybody. And uh, I'm not going to make, you know, predictions or anything like that. But it looks that way. And if I'm wrong and he comes back, fantastic. Congratulations. Let's get to work. You know, that's the way I look at it. Let's have some fun. And if he leaves, it's not the end of the world. It's just part of sports today, especially in the NBA. Players chase championships. They don't have any loyalty to an organization and that is the way they, they chase championship and they chase money yep. and it works both hand in hand and you know that's just the way it works and then i don't expect it to change and you can go throughout the nba in the last 20 25 years you'll see players who chase championships you chase them at the end of the year like like a uh, an rj did with the cavaliers mm-hmm. You know, your end yep. of your career, you sign the minor, the uh, the league minimum, and you're hoping to be on that team that has that opportunity. You you're that type of player that yep. chases it, or you're a player who is a top top uh, player in the uh, NBA, and you, that's what makes it. So that's just the way it works, and that's what I expect to happen. I don't know. My thought process is, is very simple. LeBron James has every right to be a free agent. And he has every right to pursue whatever he wants to do. It's a player's league. I'm disappointed that, and you just kind of come to a realization that organizations do not control 
how to build a team. You have about four or five years to put a core together mm-hmm. and then have a chance to keep that core together for another two to three years and make a serious run. Because sooner or later, that core, someone in that core will leave. Yep. And that's exactly what's going to happen in Houston or, or, Golden, or, or State. Golden State here in the next year or two, and even with uh, you know other teams. And look, the major markets are always going to be a, a hard thing not to uh, be appealed to. And look, that's just the way it works. I'm not a huge proponent of the way it works in the NBA. It's just that is the system. It's a player's league. Players make decisions that affect the league, and the league allows it. It's the way yep. it's designed. Unlike in baseball, if you have you know a Verlander who had a no-trade contract and everything else, he turned down trades after yep. trade after yes, trade. As a matter did. of fact, he turned down Houston twice before yep. he accepted it. And that's just the way it works. He had that in his contract. He can get, you know, that's there's nothing wrong with it. Jim Tomey did the thing, same yes, thing with the Cleveland Indians years ago as a no-trade contract. He wasn't going to get traded that year. You know, much as he, the Indians fans wanted all to, wanted yeah. to, oh, let's trade him to Boston and all that. It was never going to happen. And when you give certain conditions to players they have the power and they're going to wield it and i don't blame them and that's just the way it works in the nba the players have most of the power the gms are there to help organize the players and make them champions they're not there to build teams players decide what teams are playing for and how much how long they'll play and for what type of money that's just squabble between the two teams there's a lot of money to be made for both team and player, and that's just the way it works. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody has a clue what LeBron James is going to do, except for LeBron James and probably his family and his agent. Um, we could sit here for hours upon hours upon hours tonight and say, "Well, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going." You know, I think at the end of the day, it's it's going to come down to two things: championships and where LeBron's family feels most comfortable. He said at the beginning, this was going to be really... Family's going to play a very large role in this. Um, I think we all can see it's down between the Lakers and the Cavs. Something just tells me, and I don't... I have no idea. I'm just going off what I feel, that he resigns with Cleveland for one more year and does a one-and-one, a one-year deal and he'll have an opt-out clause, yeah. I think he'll do it again next year and see where the state of the NBA is. Um, I think he's ready to make the move to L.A. He has the two houses out there. I guess the family's 100% behind that thought process. I think his wife's wanted him out there for a while. Well, I don't know. She but was the one who wanted to come back to Cleveland, so who so, knows? I mean, we have Northeast no idea. Ohio, I just I don't know. We have not, no, and we could sit I've here for said, days. I've and, always said, you know, I think uh, Savannah James will have a bigger say than in the past, but that was just a pure thought process on my part. Uh, I think, if anything, uh, Bronny James will have a big, oh, big yeah. thing in this because this affects his future, what they choose to do, and we'll just wait and see. I honestly do believe uh, when he came back, the thought process was to be here in Northeast Ohio and raise his family. However, you know, like anything, things change. Things happen yeah, overnight think... that changes everybody's life. Yours, my, your life, my mm-hmm. life, and the person listening. Something can happen today or tomorrow. Yep. God forbid that absolutely has a major effect on your yep. life, and you have to make changes and choices. And that's where he's at right now. And yeah, that's the way I look at it. It's just no. I mean, as a sports fan, you you just have to go with the flow. You have no control over it. Don't get. I mean, everyone's mostly invested in some way. 
the emotions get to everybody some way as a fan. And you just got to accept that sometimes you just got to realize you don't have any control. No, you don't. And it's just like I learned that when the Browns left. You know, you have no control over it. If an owner decides to pick up and leave tomorrow, it's going to happen. And there's nothing you or the league or anybody can do it because it's been proven by Al Raider. I mean, Al Davis with the Raiders multiple times. Yep. Whatever he wanted to do, he was able to do. And in two years when they go to Las Vegas, Las Vegas they'll be in Las Vegas with his son running the team. And that's just the way it works. And it's just that is that simple. If you want to talk about a, you know, a fan base that has been jerked around, the Oakland fans – not the Raiders fans. The Oakland, Oakland fan, fans yep. have been jerked around more than any other t- uh, set of fans in the world, and they still love their Raiders. So, yeah, they do. You know, win or lose, Los Angeles or Las Vegas, they love their Raiders, and it's just the way it works. And I, I look at it this way. I enjoyed the last four years. I hope there's more. If there isn't, I wish them well. I think the West is going to be very difficult to win no matter oh, who yeah. goes out mm-hmm. there because I think most of the players are out there. In the East, it comes down to Philadelphia and Boston, yep. and we'll see what happens. If LeBron James returns to Cleveland, which I think there's you know, an opportunity for that to happen. I don't know what the percentage is. We have is. no idea. We could sit here all night I could say and it's 50-50. I could say it's 20-30. I, could, I mean, I could say it's 20-80. Yep. I could say you know, it's 60-40. Mm-hmm. I have no clue. We have no clue. Let's just say there's the opportunity for him to return. And if he does, I think the Cavaliers will put a team together best they possibly can. Oh, you want can. a chance, right? That's all you can do. That's all you, know, you like, want. I've always said that. Give me the opportunity, yep. and, we'll, and we'll roll the dice and see At what the end happens. Of the day, it's home and home. You know, home sometime. Well, no, I mean, out. just like for example, you know, why did Peyton Manning go to to Denver? Because Denver gave he believed the, the chance, best yep. opportunity chance to get back to the Super Bowl, and it did happen. Mm-hmm. He went to two out of three years. He was yep. there, and he ended up winning one championship. So why do you go to a certain? Why does certain players choose certain areas? Because they believe that's their best opportunity to win. Yep. And I have no problem with that. That's just the way it works. Uh, certain sports you have more control. Football you have probably is the most organizational control controlled yep. sport that in America. And then I would have to say, you know, baseball and hockey are about equal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the hockey actually having a little bit more control over the players in baseball. And then in the end, uh, the NBA has the yep. least control over the players in movement. But that's just the way it works. And, and they're different sports and they're different things. All right, real quick here, Anthony, before we wrap this yep. up, I wanted to do, give a Mason Cox update. I emailed him uh, earlier this week. Have not heard back. Not sure if we will hear back from him, but uh, he has his uh, Twitter account, and he also had a Gmail account where he says, you know, for business uh, information, contact him there. So we contacted him there. We're trying to get a hold of him. The AFL is still my uh, summer uh, passion, having some fun with that, and uh, it's great. Real quick note, uh, happened today. In the AFL, real quick, uh, the radio stations, I guess, in in Australia, uh, one of the big uh, companies is called Triple M, and they own multiple stations, or they run multiple stations in in Australia while they cover the AFL. They also had games going on today, Mm -hmm. or in the last 24 hours, I'd say, they broadcast. 
Well, they had like a round table thing. They had a former player on there, and this is called How to Make Swift Action. Uh, he, I guess he was part of their broadcast team. He made a, a well, let's just say a comment about someone's wife in, inappropriately. <laughs> and he was immediately removed from the uh, show and terminated on, on the spot. And you got to love that. And uh, I actually have uh, posted that on my uh, Facebook, so you may want to take a look at that. It's an interesting little quick read. Just a reminder, even to myself here, who gets on the airwaves, you got to watch what you say and when you say it. I know on a podcast we have a lot more freedom, and I love that, and we will continue to use that freedom. But in the same vein, uh, to all my friends out there who are talking to a mic, make sure you know what you're saying, when you say it, and to whom you're saying it to, because... In the end, everything is recorded, everything's out there, and it will come back to haunt you quickly, no matter who you are. Anthony, final thoughts? No, not really. Hopefully we can take two or three in Oakland. Uh, It's going to be a late night tonight. Um, Oakland's been an unkind place to play of late, but, you know, hopefully we can take two or three. It's 2018. We haven't played there yet. Well, the past. You know, the past. Just teasing. Remember last year when we went there after yeah, the All Star break? Last year has no effect on this but, season. You know, just hopefully, yeah, uh, it's going to be a late night tonight, and um, you know, we're finally starting to get that warm summer weather in, and um, oh, we can get this thing rolling. You know, f- high school football season less than six Fridays away. It is, uh, yeah, or eight. seven Fridays. I think away. it's yeah, seven now. It's seven last- now. Yeah, seven or eight. Jack Spencer was saying something on the radio a couple days yeah. ago on it was our boys show. I, I, my, my, man, it eight? My, yeah, Steve Ruman said it was eight coming into this week. Absolutely We're eight incredible. weeks away. So I think today it would be incredible. Yeah. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, real quick update on that. I'm in a holding pattern. We'll know more hopefully in the next week or two at what games, if any, that I may be broadcasting this year. Uh, they're making changes on Z104 on what games they're going to cover and who is running it. So we're just going to wait and see. They know I'm available and want to uh, broadcast games, and it looks like that's a possibility. I may do a few games over in Western Pennsylvania with uh, Forever Broadcasting if this doesn't work out, which I've made contact with those who I do basketball games with, and that is a possibility. So we're going to see. We are. I am going to reach out here in the next two weeks. The next week to some of my friends who are in the media and see if they want to get involved and do a, a weekly high school roundtable like I used to do on the radio many years ago. Uh, I'm going to contact a couple of them, see if we can get them together and do a podcast, maybe figure that out uh, to go along with any coverage that we may have over on the air or possibly on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And real quickly, tomorrow, uh, Saturday uh, evening, you want to check out Western Reserve or Digital Radio, RussianReserveRadio.com. As minor league football continues with the Cleveland Cobras, they're traveling down to, I think, Willing, West Virginia tomorrow. And Mark Means and yours truly will be on the call for that game. So we'll have that one uh, on West Reserve Digital Radio and on Facebook. So you'll see Facebook Live. You want to check that out. And it'll be uh, some uh, live video of that game, too. So Two ways to check that out, and maybe we'll uh, look into that in the future, too, here for us, mm-hmm. to maybe do a, a podcast. Facebook Live, yep. Yeah, Facebook Live, and see if we can uh, get more involved and get others uh, involved, too. But that's what my plans are here for Radio MVP. So for Anthony, 
He was sitting right next to me as we did this for the first time in a while this way. And we tried to do some more this way. I am Tim, and we will talk to you very soon. Thanks again for the download. Don't forget to find us on RadioMVP.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RadioMVPpod. On Twitter, I'm Tim Continenza, and you can find the podcast at The Real Radio MVP. And for Anthony, he is on Instagram at ACAP17, and you can check him out there. So that's how to get a hold of all of us. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. We'll be right back.